0: One, two, one, two, okay. Hey everybody and welcome to politics, culture, and some other shit, the podcast. This is uh, something I haven't done in quite a while. It's just uh, a podcast, I'm not doing a live stream or anything like that. I'm not doing an interview, Uh, nothing. Just me talking about stuff. They call it a podcast. The kids do these days anyway. So, I'm going to talk about um, a couple of things uh, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak and all that. I'm going to talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi and the provocation of China with her recent visit with, it, with her visit yesterday to Taiwan. I won't explain uh, what the, the controversy is, in case you don't know. Um, it's a, it's really fucking serious, you know? It's a big deal, man. But we'll start with... The, we'll start with the, the fucking current Tory leadership debacle. Uh, yeah. It's the only, yeah, so let's get into it. So Liz Truss and uh, the human rendering of a Disney turtle uh, come well from, uh, what do you call that program? Oh shit, the in-betweeners. Rishi Sunak, he, he sounds exactly like him. Will from the in-betweeners. And he looks like a, 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 a human rendering of a Disney turtle. Um, and Liz Truss, not quite the dumbest woman that was in Boris Johnson's uh, cabinet, but not far from it. This is a fucking idiot, and she's going to be the Prime Minister, because the, the 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 Tory voter doesn't like um, Rishi Sunak for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why they would dislike him any more than they dislike any of the others, but they don't. Um, apparently, his... Wife's non-dom's tax status. Rub them up the wrong way. So I, so I heard. I'm just open a wee thing there. think I look as it. So apparently that rubbed the Tory voter up the wrong way. Well, whatever. Uh, so Liz Truss seems to be the darling. The 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 pound shop Margaret Thatcher tribute act. Margaret Thatcher wannabe. The difference between... Liz Truss and Margaret Thatcher... Is Liz Truss... Is an idiot. And Margaret Thatcher... Evil, yes. Stupid, no. Uh so... The race, the, to bring you right up to date... Now, right, this thing is going on for five more fucking weeks. What the fuck? There's no need for that. They're gonna go through, right? The... 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 the the House of shuts down for two weeks in the summer. It's all shutting down and everything. It's going through. Oh, they could have had all this done. We got down to the final two really quickly. They could have had this done. No, they're dragging it out, dragging it out, dragging it out. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson is taking himself off and playing toy soldier. Did you see him? He was in a jet um, giving the thumbs up to some F-15 dudes in the RAF. And he was off. Playing, just spunking away more and more and more public money. He's going to have some big lavish party at Checkers, which is the uh, the residence that the Chris in favorite residence that the Prime Minister can avail of. <clears throat> so he's uh, going to do that, and he's just basically just having a jolly old time between now and when he has to fuck off, uh, go on to this this speaking circuit and make an absolute fortune. Uh, so we're left with the the spectacle of watching Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss battle it out. And it's, it's just cringeworthy. Uh, and the more, if I was, I don't know, I mean, if I was Liz Truss, I would definitely be trying to get that five weeks cut down because the more time goes by, the more gaffs she's prone and likely to make. So she did, I'm going to play, uh, there's a little bit of uh, audio here from a video I pulled off uh, YouTube, so check this out. It explains what she did was a U-turn. So she announced a a policy and then within the day she had U-turned on it and it it was a wow, what a policy. Check it out.
1: We might ask, how is it possible to save... £8.8 billion, well apparently uh, Liz Truss had an idea which she'd had in the past when she was uh, working in the Treasury, she's now revived it and then she's dumped it, and instead of saying Well, the press is very kindly calling it a U-turn. There was
2: never any intention to affect teachers and nurses. Well, look, I'm afraid that my policy on this has been misrepresented. But I don't want to worry people. I don't want people to be concerned. So I am being very clear that we will not be going ahead. With the regional pay, i never had any intention of changing the terms and conditions of teachers and nurses but what i want to be clear about is i will not be going ahead with the regional pay boards that is no longer
1: my policy well not only
0: did she say it so to explain what were the regional pay boards like, wait do you fucking hear this so in order to save money she as, as as has just been explained in that little piece a piece of audio, if you're listening to this on uh, your podcast app, the regional pay boards basically what they would do is they would pay you depending on the re- So a, so a nurse gets paid this amount of money depending on their grade and their qualifications and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And you get paid that amount of money no matter where you are in the country. Some parts of the country are cheaper to live in than others, and we know that. So they were suggesting regional pay boards. Now, <laughs> this is the thing. It wasn't to scale up the wages for those that are living in the more expansive parts of the country. No, 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 no. It was to scale down the pay of those living in the cheaper to live less expensive parts of the country. So a nurse in London makes... This amount of money, and the nurse in here in Lurgan makes this amount of money. These are two very different, uh, very di- it, 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 two very different places to live in, and financially, two very different places to live in. So, the thing to do to save money was to take the money from the nurse in Lurgan. <laughs> <laughs> and she, this woman is so fucking, they're are so evil. So, anyway, we'll get, up, get back to the video here, just, it's only another few seconds But
1: she said it in the past as well, and she thought this was going to curry favour. Instead, all it does is demonstrate that she's in the same position as Boris. If Boris lies, Liz Truss also lies. Does that matter? Seemingly not. Boris was brought down not by his own lies. He was brought down by his casual disregard for basic probity. He was brought down by a lack of trust. He was brought down by a lack of trust. And maybe that will happen to Liz Trust too. This is the first blip that we've seen in her campaign, and it's amazing. So there we go. Uh, Yeah, fucking right, it's
0: a major one. Here's an article from... uh, just get up on the screen here, because I'm going to put this up on, on YouTube as well. So, this is from The Guardian. Liz Truss's plans to cut public sector pay leave Tory mayor speechless. Leadership candidate's proposal would hit nurses, police officers, armed forces, says Sunak Backer. Oh, yes, yeah, so it wasn't just nurses, it was everybody, it was, it was all public servants. The Conservative mayor of T-Valleys has said he is speechless at plans by Liz Truss to slash 88 Billion from the public sector pay outside of London, saying it would hurt, it would hit nurses and police officers. Ben Houchin, a backer of Rishi Sunak, said there was no way the figure could be achieved without pay cuts outside London, and that would hit levelling up. Remember that levelling up thing that the Tories go on about that they're not going to do? Actually, speechless, he tweeted. There is simply no way you can do this without a massive pay cut for 5.5 million people, including nurses, police officers and our armed forces outside London. So much that we've worked for in places like Teesside would be undone. Jacob Rees-Mogg has denied Truss's plans to slash the pay of public sector workers outside the capital by introducing regional pay boards. But (laughs) But that's what it is. The, the, that's exactly what it is a, a regional pay board it's not they're not do you think they're going to pay you more they're not going to pay you more and if they were going to pay you more whenever the criticism was fired back or, or whenever the, the the questions came back and said well d- does this mean that you're going to be paying people outside of london less than people in london All they only had to say was no we're going to pay we're, we're going to pay them more no, everyone's going to stay on that, but the people that are living in the more expensive parts of the country are going to be paid more. So, the, you you know what I mean. So it, it's obvious; it's so clearly such a transparent lie. So uh, back to the article here: um, a senior figures questioned how billions of promised savings could be made. It uh, could be made. The original policy release from trusts said. It could be adopted for all public sector workers in the long term. Rhys Mogg, a backer of trusts, and the minister in charge of civil service efficiencies. <laughs> is that what he is? is? Is that what he is? The minister in charge of civil service efficiencies? Uh, the, the haunted Victorian pencil, as I think it was Frankie Boyle called him that. Said it was not the plan at the moment to cut pay <clears throat> Excuse me, for the wider public sector to make savings of $8.8 billion promised by Truss. The discussion at the moment is around civil servants, he said. The most significant element of the plan is the introduction of regional pay boards, which Truss said would tailor pay to the cost of living where civil servants actually worked. She claimed this would save up to $8.8 billion. Experts questioned whether the savings were feasible. And that's another Part of this as well, by the way. Alex Thomas, a programme director for the Institute of, of Gov- for Government think tank, said the whole annual civil service pay bill was about 9 billion. So the entire civil services pay bill is 9 billion, and Liz Truss reckons she can save 8.8 billion with these regional pay boards. Now, I know the Tories have oversaw the birth of the United Kingdom Food Bank, where people can't afford to buy food. I can't see this making that situation any better. And I don't think you're going to get people to volunteer to go and be a nurse. And I don't think you want people to volunteer to be a firefighter or a cop. Although I think I'd do that. No, cop. I'd be a firefighter though. Definitely be a judge. You stole what? Nappies? On you go now. Don't worry about it. So, uh, here we go. So back to the article. Mike Clancy the general secretary of the Prospect Trade Union said it would make civil service recruitment more difficult. The civil service, <laughs> if you're not going to pay them, definitely going to make it more. <laughs> the civil service is already struggling to recruit and retain employees in the face of crippling pay cuts, threats of redundancy, and continuous attacks from ministers. He said, "True, true, true," making. Working for the civil service even less attractive by reducing leave, cutting pay for people outside London, and removing rules dedicated to the to reducing inequality, will only make recruitment harder and leave us unable to provide vital services. It's almost like the Tories want that to happen, uh, as illustrated by the current state of the NHS. Uh, anyway, in a revised statement, Truss's campaign said it was the potential savings if the system were to be adopted for all public sector workers in the long term, which would include public sector employees such as teachers and nurses. Rhys Mogg said it was right to save money by moving civil servants out of London. You don't have to have London waiting, or the London allowance and property costs are lower outside London. These are really important, but he's such a fucking idiot. And it ties with the levelling up because you're moving jobs outside London, but at the same time we need to make a smaller civil service We have 91,000 more people working for the civil service than we did in 2016. You need to get back to the 2016 level. That on its own will save about 3.5 billion, potentially more. Thomas said the figures did not add up if applied only to civil servants. It's going to come from a wider public sector. It's going to come from nurses, teachers and local authorities, he said. He said the complicated and controversial move would mean nurses and teachers being paid... Less are receiving slower pay raises than others. Adding, this is not a war on Whitehall. It's more like a war on Workington. Reese Mogg also said, trusts would be right to rid the civil service of all diversity and inclusion programs. Jesus fucking Christ. We had a training program called Check Yo Privilege. What on earth is that? Why are we wasting people's times with a course that doesn't help people do their jobs better? Well, the answer to... What is a training program called Check Your Privilege? mister Reese Rees-Mogg, multi, multi, multi-millionaire, born into extreme privilege, is, do check your privilege? That's my answer to you? You fucking wanker? What do we want from the civil service? We want people to get their passports on time. Blue ones, blue ones that we can't fucking use. We want people to get their driving license on time. We want to probate... We want the probate service to work. So that's it. There, there you go. There's, there's J- Jacob, Reese Mogg, haunted Victorian pencil, minister for, what was he minister for again? Civil service efficiencies. Yeah, that's that sounds about right, for him, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so, so that's his idea of what the civil service is for. Passports, driving licences, and the probate service to work. I don't even know what the probate service is. Sounds like a legal thing. Maybe um, the uh, the 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 interviewer could have reminded them that uh, the barristers have um, recently gone on strike. And does that tie into his uh, his opinions? Does that change his opinions any? So there we go. Liz Truss, Halfwit. If you wanna learn more about Liz Truss, I did I did do a podcast called Is Liz Truss an Idiot? Uh, or Liz Truss is an idiot. I can't I can't remember I'm in it. well obviously I can't remember what it's called, so I'm the idiot here. But uh yeah, so you should check that out as well. So there we go. Onwards Right, so n- now th- th- this is the other thing I'm going to touch upon. Uh, I want to talk more going forward. Uh, th- the next podcast, I'm going to p- talk more about this, and it's to do some- something here in Northern Ireland the Noah Donahue uh situation where the minister, the secretary, the new secretary of state, who we don't even know who he is, I, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. No, I don't mean that to, t- to sound, I-, I do think he's a, a gentleman of. Uh, Indian extraction, I believe, something like that, and uh, I don't know what he looks like. Don't know anything about the guy, and he has signed documents to be kept secret that would uh, shine a light and answer a lot of questions on the poor boy's death. Which you know, let's face it, it was North Belfast. It was, um, sorry, it was. Uh, it, it was it was UDA. It was loyalist paramilitaries that that killed him, and. Uh, Sin as every fucking loyalist, paramilitary is a paid tout. uh, working for the fucking MA five. Uh, yeah. So that's why that's being kept. There's no other reason why it can be kept. And that poor woman is obviously, God. I mean, God give her strength to carry on. Where she gets it from, I don't know. So I want to talk more about that in the future. Yeah. So. We're going to talk right now about Nancy Pelosi. I fucking hate this woman. There she is on screen for those that's going to be watching this on YouTube. Nancy Pelosi, who is she? I'm sure you fucking know. Uh, Speaker of the House, Democrat Speaker of the House. Technically, that position means you're third in line to the throne. So if Joe Biden uh, has another fucking stroke uh, and Kamala Harris... Uh, gets killed by people because everybody fucking hates her, it falls to Nancy, another octogenarian who is a, a criminal. And I, you say, oh, you can't be saying that, auntie. you can't be calling people a criminal. Yeah, you can, when they are one. And she is one. <clears throat> she has... I found this out. She... Uh, thirty. I think it was 35 members of Congress have a better record on the stock exchange than uh, hedge fund managers like Warren Buffett no these. getting like, like, like these are the like who, who are these who are hedge fund managers hedge fund managers are professionals they're professional stock market traders that's what they fucking do that's their job 35 congress people have better uh, outcomes on the stock, better gambles on the stock market than the professionals that manage billions and billions and billions of dollars of other people's money. Right? And one of them is Nancy Pelosi, and this goes through her husband, Paul, who is so good on the stock market and always seems to just sell Google at the right time, buy Apple at the right time, do this, just, you know, Oh, just as the government's about to give uh, the, the the microchip market a $50 billion boost, you just see a couple of weeks before that, Paul Pelosi happened to spend $10 million in banned stocks and things. And this is tied in with this current thing in, in Taiwan. Taiwan. So so that's why she is a criminal. And she is a criminal. I mean, it, it, you're not supposed to do that, but everyone turns a blind eye to it. Everybody knows she does it. In fact, it's so ridiculous that she does it. it, it it's, it's so ridiculous that there's actually an app you can download onto your phone where you can follow Paul Pelosi's trades and mimic him and make money. So follow what he does. Just if you want to, because he's making, you know, if you can, if you've got the means to do such a thing, but there's actually an app that you can do that, and that's you know, so it's it's clearly uh, they're clearly uh, criminals, and but yeah, they're 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 respectable people, and they won't go to jail, and that's why I'm not a judge, because they would. So we're going to talk about. Well, I'm going to talk, and you're going to listen about the Taiwan thing. So. I'm going to play this little video from the boss that's looking more and more like a house, Noam Chomsky and he's explaining China China. Check it out
3: The worst case is the increasing uh, provocative actions towards China that's very dangerous by now there's constant talk about what's called the China threat. Even read it in sober, reasonable, usually reasonable journals about the terrible China threat. Well, what is, and we have to move expeditiously to contain and limit the China threat. What exactly is the China threat? Actually, that question is rarely raised here. It is discussed in Australia, the country that's right in the claws of the dragon. So recently the distinguished statesman, former Prime Minister Paul Keating, uh, did have an essay on the Australian press about the China threat. He finally concluded, realistically, that the China threat is China's existence. The U.S. will not tolerate the existence of a state that cannot be intimidated the way Europe can be, that does not follow U.S. orders the way Europe does, but pursues its own course. That's the threat.
0: So there we go. Chomsky lays it out there, uh, just in a great way that he does. The China threat. What is the China threat? It exists. It's a it's a challenge to the hegemon that is the U.S. Empire. Um. Over the years, you've heard, you know, the, the ramping up of concerns about China and about about uh, and Russia as well, and we almost. We must ask ourselves. Now, I'm not naive. We know that there's stuff going on in the background. I mean, we know. Like, I'm not saying China's Lily White innocent and all. Or, uh, far from it. I'm not saying any of that. No, no, no. Geopolitics generally tends to <clears throat> just create villains all over the place. So I'm not. I'm not naive, but I do have eyes and I do have ears and I can. I can see and, and read, and listen to what's going on, and I don't see China doing anything dangerous to me personally. China isn't attacking the NHS. It's not China that's selling the NHS off piecemeal. It's the Tory part. Liz Truss is a bigger threat to me. And I said, if you go back in my book, I've said this years ago, David, Cam- I'm, af- I'm not afraid of Vladimir Putin. I'm fucking shit scared of uh, uh, David Cameron, though, at the, when he was Prime Minister at the time. And it's the same... To me today now, if if these countries do engage militarily, and Russia has, that's on them. That you know, Russia has invaded Ukraine, and that's that's wrong. But we're not children. We're not naive. We know they were provoked into it. You know, Ukraine may not have been in NATO, but NATO was in Ukraine, and those two things, those two things. Uh, are basically the heart of the matter. What's going on in U- in Ukraine, and when I think about this, Pelosi visit. Sorry, I should explain it if you don't know. which I'm sure you do. Again, I'm sure you do. So Nancy Pelosi has decided to vi- visited Taiwan. She's the She's the Speaker of the House. She vi- she visited Taiwan yesterday. Uh, uh, against the. Even the advice of Joe Biden. Joe Biden didn't want her to go. He put out a statement and everything, saying he didn't want her to go. Uh, and ag- again, at, at the at the extreme annoyance of of of, of China, the, Ch- the Chinese government, they s- spoke in very heated language and that you don't re- you don't really hear from China they're very you don't hear very often anyway they're, they're, they're very circumspect in, in 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 their public statements they you know they're very diplomatic put it that way same as the Russians actually so they tend to be very diplomatic in what they say but they, they and but they weren't they said this is we are going to if you do this we're going to do something about this now why is this important a we history lesson here so the one China policy, have you heard of this? So the one China policy was it was, it was basically came up with in 1979. So the Americans, uh, after the 19, so after the 1949 communist revolution in China, okay, so the ruling elite basically retreated to Taiwan and took over, Taiwan's an island in the South China Sea and it took over the they, they basically live on the island's called we call it Taiwan and uh, the ruling elite lived there and they, they, they were became modern what you would call modern capitalists after World War Two, and there they stayed now the official policy for China was that Taiwan, was always a part of China, and so it was. So this uh, splitting off of Taiwan, as we call it, uh, from the, 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 the rule of the main mainland China was an unnatural position. So skip forward, Nineteen seventy nine, America is cooling off um, hostile relations with with the Chinese, partly to let their industrialists and their capitalists into the cheap Chinese labor market. And that was the start of all of that. So when all the jobs started to ship eastward, that was a, that was a part of the whole thing. So the one China, po- they come up with this phrase called the one China policy. Basically, the Yanks weren't going to. Uh, put up a fuss or speak out they're just going to politely ignore China's claim to Taiwan okay despite the fact that China is communist and Taiwan Taiwan is capitalist so and that's the way it's been ever thus and there's been a couple of like Newt Ging- Gingrich he was a don't know what he don't know what his, but he was a, a, a he was in the George Bush government wasn't he Newt Gingrich and um So he went at one point and a couple of other uh, uh, American politicians, they do go from time to time, and China's response generally tends to be uh, a a letter. They would send a letter to the State Department in America or the the White House or whatever, expressing their disappointment. This isn't that. This is different. This is a big deal. So Pelosius flew over there, and I should explain as well, um. Yeah, so, uh, what was I going to say? Yep. Yeah, so, any, so you, you get the oh yeah, that was the point. The Tai we call it Taiwan. The Tai Taiwan, the, 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 the Taiwan the, the the people from Taiwan themselves they call it China. They call the island China, and they call it China that we would call China. They call it mainland China. It's also called Taiwan. So, it's, I just thought that very interesting. So. China has always said that they're going to take control of the island back again at some point. I think there's a date, like 2049 or something like that is the official date. But, um, so that's the that's the background. Now, a little more. I'll show you this. Uh, where is it? There it is there. So, oh, we... Data sheet. There I'm going to try and throw for you. Where to go, dear, oh dear. Taiwan data. There it is. Don't know why that went away. So I downloaded this. This is a a, a graph, a, a a study, a poll study. So t- there's like here in the north of Ireland, unification, reunification, or status quo, or whatever it is. It's it's a very it's a thing, right? So if you, if you go on to Forbes or Bloomberg or CNN or, or Any American or BBC or whatever, if you go into their website and type in Taiwan reunification, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they all come up and they say, the vast majority of people in Taiwan don't want to reunify with China. So I did that, and I found an article on Bloomberg, and that's exactly what it said. So I did a bit more digging, and I found this graph. Now, this is... This graph is called Changes in the Unification Independence Stances of the Taiwanese as tracked in surveys by Election Study Centre, NCUU, from 1994 to 2022. And this 2022-06, so it's July this year. So this graph goes, it's on the screen, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. But there are seven data points are seven questions asked, and the, the data points come in every year from nineteen eighty four right through to twenty twenty two to July twenty twenty two, and each year there's a little dot for what percentage of the population, what their vote, or, or what percentage of the population wanted the particular question, and there's seven questions. So the questions were unification as soon as possible. So that's unification with China as soon as possible, right? Maintain the status quo and decide at a later date. Maintain the status quo and move toward independence. Uh, there was, well, there was non response, so it was people that didn't respond. So it's really so it's not seven, it's six. Maintain the status quo and move towards unification. right? Maintain the status quo indefinitely or independence as soon as possible. So that's your six points. Unification as soon as possible. Maintain the status quo and decide at a later date or maintain the status quo, move towards independence. Maintain status quo, move towards unification. Maintain status quo indefinitely or independence as soon as possible. Now, when you go onto the Western media websites or whatever, They all they they all do the The vast majority of people in Taiwan want to remain independent from China. No, not according to this graph. So, the highest percentage point on the graph is this is a blue line with a blue triangle, and it is a twenty eight point six percent. And it's maintain the status quo indefinitely. So that's people that don't want to be taken over by China. They don't want independence. They want the, the, the Taiwan is sort of unofficially, uh, officially unofficially under the the Chinese uh, protectorate. Let me call that sort of. It's kind of. It's difficult to explain. So maintain the status quo indefinitely, right? So that's 288 that's that's it, that's that's all, that's the highest mark, that's the highest thing. Now, the second highest is 28.3%, and that is maintain the status quo, but decide at a later date. So they're not sure, do we want to go back to China or do we not? What are we going to do here? Don't know, right? The third highest... Is move towards maintain status quo and move towards independence, and that's down at twenty five point two. But I will say this: that was sitting as as long ago as 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 recent ago as twenty eighteen at twelve percent. Now since then, the saber rattling and. The, 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 there's been massive amounts of money there's a the American the CIA cutouts called the National Endowment for Democracy all these fucking monsters have been seeding the ground for this for years in Taiwan and other other countries as well so then where I want uh, this red one here just see the maintain the status quo and move towards unification now it's, it's that's according it has been as high as 19, 20%. In 2018, it was 12%. So it was sitting at in and around the same as the people that want independence in 2018. But since then, it's gone down. So whenever you, 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 you would... To read that graph, it's basically what I'm trying to say to you is it's complicated, as it always is. These things are complicated, right? And it's not as black and white. And there are enough people... In Taiwan, that don't want independence, there are enough people in the, that do want independence, and there's enough people that don't know, and the, the don't knows are the majority, right? So just, just showing you that, as uh, explaining that to you, as to let you know, it's complicated, it's not as straightforward as you might think, right? Same as the fucking shit show in Ukraine, not as straightforward as you might think, so. You've heard what Chomsky has to say. Chomsky is that the reason that China is a threat is because it can't exist. The U.S. is U, the United States is hegemon, won't allow it to exist. China is going around the world and making friends with countries rather than threatening them and stealing their um, the the product of their their natural resources. China isn't doing that. China is forming partnerships and. They they're getting natural. I mean, they're obviously going into Uganda and all these countries, Um uh, for 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 a reason they're going in to get something, but they're doing it in a different way. They're doing it as a, in a form of partnership. Um, recently, pre, uh, President Zelensky, who by the way, he's fucked. He's fucked. He's not. He, you wait and see. You heard it here first. He's out. He's dead. He's either going to be fucking assassinated or he's going to be overthrown and exiled within months, weeks, if not sooner. He's that's, Show me one U.S. stooge that survived. Gaddafi. Well, maybe not Gaddafi, but, you know, whenever he became friendly with fucking Tony Blair, he was fucking dead about two years later. You know, Saddam Hussein, that... The list is endless. So, I think he's fucked. Anyway, so on with this. So we've done the Taiwan data. So, here is uh, a wee article from, just to, just to bring you up the date. It's from, now, I went and found this deliberately because I don't want, to just read you the Guardian, the Guardian all the time or the New York Post or it's good to get somebody else's perspective. And this is from the Indian Express. Now, I'm assuming that that's from India, and I don't know if it's a right wing paper, left wing paper, or, paper or a, a good paper or a bad. I don't know anything about the Indian Express. So here it is. Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan. Live updates hours after the Pelosi visit. 27 Chinese warplanes enter Taiwan's air defense zone. So, only a few hours after the US House of Representatives speaker, Nancy Pelosi left Taiwan after pledging solidarity to the nation. Now, why the fuck would anybody want... Solidarity from the likes of Nancy Pelosi, and this is the thing. See, this is the thing that it, it always brings me back to this. When I see countries bending over backwards, like Ukraine, and now like Taiwan, and previously in the past, Iran, uh, Iraq, Venezuela, Colombia, well, every country in South America <laughs> to the bend over backwards to accept the the. The patronage, almost, of of America. And it always blows my mind as to why you would want it. Because it never ends well. Show me where it ended well. A few individuals, obviously, corrupt, make absolute fortunes. Uh, Zelensky being one of those. But it never ends well. I, and people that refuse to learn the lessons of history are cursed to repeat them. Or... or mangle that do you get my point so i don't understand why you would wa- pledge in solidarity nancy pelosi's pledge in solidarity to ta- taiwan why what the fuck is this is insane this doesn't mean it's a, the why taiwan it, it. <laughs> Nuts. 27 Chinese warplanes entered Taiwan's air defense zone. News agency AFP reported, quoting Taiwan officials, China had also blocked imports of citrus, fish, and other foods from Taiwan in retaliation for a visit by the top American lawmaker on a trip rife with tension. Rife with tension, the Chinese threatened to shoot our fucking jet down. The US House of Representatives, you know, and also, uh, cost of living crisis, uh, massive homelessness, uh, debt foreclosures, uh, people not being able to pay their bills in America and all the rest of it. You know how much this cost? A hundred million dollars <laughs> for, for that fucking idiot to go and boost her stock portfolio. By the way, that's it. Uh, yeah, so she's done that. Yeah, Paul Pelosi bought stocks in, in Vita, the, the, the chip, manufacturer. Where do they manufacture them? In Taiwan. This is nothing to do with solidarity in Taiwan. This is to do with plain corruption. The mafia would be embarrassed to do this. So, uh, leaving a trail of Chinese anger over her brief visit to the self-ruled island that Beijing claims as its own. She ensured that the US will not abandon its commitment to the self-governing island. Pelosi spoke to Taiwan these lawmakers and said in a press meeting that the US supports the status quo but does not want anything to happen to Taiwan by force. Speaking of an event, Long said, "Right, blah 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 blah." So, uh, G said so in the, the the few hours after this, G seven foreign ministers call on China to resolve Taiwan dispute peacefully. Thank God for that. That's good. Uh, twenty twenty four, they're twenty two twenty four. So at at. Uh, This is yesterday, the Canada minister calls on China to de-escalate tensions after Pelosi's visit. Maybe Pelosi shouldn't have fucking gone and the fucking tensions wouldn't have been escalated in the first place. 2205, an expert explains Taiwan, China and US, the big picture of the Indo-Pacific. So there's, uh, after that, Oh, that was before that. Uh, China cannot prevent world leaders traveling to Taiwan, Pelosi says. 27 Chinese warplanes. So, yeah, so you get the point. And there's the... Uh, you see on the screen there, uh, at 10 to 7 yesterday, pro-China supporters protest outside the Consulate General of the US in Hong Kong against Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit. And you can see some people there. they be fair, it's not, not many of them, but they are there nonetheless. China blocks, and here's, I, I, I think this is what this is all about. I think this psychopath is l- literally ready to spark World War Three in order to uh, boost her stock portfolio. China blocks some Taiwan imports, but avoid avoids chip disruptions. China blocked imports of citrus, fish, and other foods from Taiwan. I've read that bit already. Oh, well, there, here you go. The two, this gets back to what I was saying earlier on, a little bit of history for you. Uh, the two sides, which split in 1949 after a civil war, have no official relations, but the multi-billion dollar business ties, especially in the flow of Chinese-made, t- sorry, Taiwanese-made processor chips needed by Chinese factories that assemble the world's smartphones and other electronics They built that business while Beijing threatened for decades to enforce the ruling Communist Party's claim to the island by attacking. That's a badly written sentence. The two-way trade soared 26% last year to 300 billion. Taiwan, which produces half of the world's processor chips and has technology the mainland can't match, said sales to Chinese factories rose 24%. Now, I would say little bit of criticism. That China has technology that the main... Or that Taiwan has technology that the mainland can't match. Yeah. Can't match. There's... Doesn't match and can't match is two different things. Let's see what that sentence sounds like a year or two from now. But, uh, so there you go. So that's a little brief rundown. Yeah. She is a girl, man, she is an absolute girl. So, let's see, here's a little video from John Pilger. So I have a couple of little videos to play you, and then, and hopefully it'll give you a little bit of flesh on the bones of all of this, and then... We'll call it a day. So here's John Pilger, the Australian journalist, as a documentary. It's available on YouTube. I can't remember what it's called, but check this little trailer. Sort of, well, it's a little snippet from it. Check it out.
4: The United States says the superpower is reclaiming land in the South China Sea. The fact that we're dealing with a situation right now where we, the U.S., has to be much more aggressive in dealing with the Chinese government. CNN has learned that the U.S. Navy is about to send a destroyer there. Let's go to our CNN chief.
5: CNN got exclusive access to classified U.S. surveillance flights over the islands.
0: The uh, threat. Have you ever heard of a fucking Chinese? destroyer warship airplanes in the gulf of mexico off the coast of off the coast of california off the coast of no you haven't but china's the aggressor right china's the bad guy right china is becoming big news
2: the media is beating the drums of war as the world is being primed to regard china as a new enemy
5: China's alarming creation of entirely new territory in the South China Sea is one part of a broader military push that some fear is to challenge US dominance in the region.
2: China is building airstrips in the South China Sea on disputed islands condemned by an international tribunal. This is now a flashpoint for war between China and America.
0: What is not news, is that China itself is under threat. So for those of you listening to this, the video on the screen shows you the US military bases that that are surrounding China. And they're just sort of, they're just opening up on the screen as he's talking.
2: American bases form a giant noose encircling China with missiles, bombers, warships, all the way from Australia through the Pacific to
5: Asia and beyond. I mean, if you were in Beijing looking out, you stood on the tallest building in Beijing and looked out at the Pacific Ocean, you'd see American warships. You'd see Guam is about to sink because there's so many missiles pointed at China. You'd look up at Korea and see American armaments pointing at China. You'd see Japan, which is basically, uh, uh, Japan's a glove over the American fist. I think if I was Chinese, I'd have a little to worry about about American aggressiveness. And we have China surrounded, uh, and we're doing more all the time to try and keep it surrounded and deepen that containment of China. Uh, But China presents a fascinating case of a country that is independent, doesn't have foreign bases on its territory, uh, growing very rapidly, not as rapidly now as it did for 30 years, but still
0: uh, the second-ranking economy in the world. So check that out. That documentary is called the Coming War on China. It's on YouTube. It's free. Uh you should check it out. Um, made by John Pilger, who's a fantastic journalist. Um, one of the good guys. So yeah, and we've seen it. I mean, you, you have if you have a memory <clears throat> longer than a few minutes, you know full well all this stuff has been has been going on for years. The ramping up of the, the rhetoric for coming creating enemies and that's what it's about you know it's about creating an enemy creating a boogeyman I remember whenever the when I remember whenever the the, the, the Cold War ended when the, the Berlin Wall fell I remember that and I remember it, I was very politically naive at the time I, I couldn't have I I couldn't have articulated what it meant, but I knew the the Soviet. We needed a new enemy. I was I was sensitive enough to know that this was going to happen. We needed an enemy, and for years there wasn't one. It certainly wasn't Russia because Russia was being looted by um, well the oligarchs, as we know, and Western. Uh, interests as well it was only whenever putin stood up to the west and started to you know look after the interests of russia and russian people that they they they, they started the they, he started to become the the big bad guy he certainly wasn't at the start when he when he came to power but he he became that fairly quickly and you got to remember whenever putin took over the average Russian salary was something like sixty, eight hundred $800 a year. Today it's like 20 grand a year. You know, that's the rise that he's oversaw. And that's one of the reasons why uh, he's massively popular in Russia. You know, again, not saying he's a good guy or anything, so don't be throwing that at me. I, I, I certainly don't think that. But nothing is just as simple as. We've been led to believe, and as I was saying to my friend the other day, Davey Lennon, we've, um you know, all our lives we've been led to believe America's the good guy. We've been propagandized with their culture, which I still love. And turns out, uh, I, I don't think they are. Well, I know they're not. They're quite the opposite. So, back to this now. I'm going to show you two clips. I'm going to actually I'll finish on that one. I'll show you this one. This is a senator Senator Kennedy. I don't know who I don't know if he's a Democrat or Republican or whatever. This is a clip on Fox News. And this is a weird thing. Again, I had when I was looking for media to share with you for this podcast, I had to go to Fox News, which is something I don't do, because when I when I was putting it into Google or into YouTube or putting the search into these, it was all pro, 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 banging the drums of war. Now we know that these these media channels do that anyway, because they are owned by the people that, or that if they're not owned by, they're certainly funded by the people that are financially benefiting. You know, there's no reason why the fucking. Uh, Why the weather lady should be sponsored by Raytheon but she is and you know so any other opportunity to empty the the coffers of the American treasury into the the never satisfied maw of the military industrial complex these news channels are going to do their part in making sure that that happens meanwhile Americans don't have fucking public health care but and we won't have soon either so here we go Senator Kennedy interviewed on the news Uh, look it explains itself have a listen oh where did it go why is that all done that I loaded that in and now it won't play give me a sec do it again here there we go oh I know why because I fucking changed the name of it Uh. Sorry a, Our Republican Senator terrible. from
4: Louisiana, John Kennedy. Senator Kennedy, always good to have you here today. From
0: Louisiana, um, so I, I put up one, he's one of a the statements here
4: from China. No, This is one of the Sorry. new statements since the visit began. Speaker Pelosi is the incumbent leader of the U.S. Congress. Her visit to and activities in Taiwan, in whatever form and for whatever reason, is a major political provocation to upgrade U.S. official exchanges with Taiwan. China absolutely does not accept this, and the Chinese people absolutely reject this. And that comes on the heels of President Xi himself saying that this visit would be, quote, playing with fire. Where do you think this is going?
2: Well, Martha, I support Speaker Pelosi's uh, trip to Taiwan uh, unconditionally, but with an explanation. Um, As as petty and self-absorbed as Washington looks like, from the outside, you ought to see it from the inside. This this entire exercise began with Speaker Pelosi's ego. Now, when you're talking about a nuclear war with China, you should take your ego out back and shoot it. But that's (laughs) not Speaker Pelosi's way. She knows after the midterms, she's not gonna be speaker anymore. She may not be in Congress anymore. So I think she thought up this trip as a way to say, well, look at me one more time. Uh, She talked to the White House and some knucklehead, either on Speaker Pelosi's staff or the White House leaked it. And on top of that, President Biden spoke publicly about it and said, oh, well, maybe she shouldn't go. Well, at that juncture, she had to go because weakness or the appearance of weakness invites the wolves. Um, so I'm glad the speaker went, but if she really wanted to uh, to demonstrate strength from the United States of America, she would have made it a bipartisan trip. She would have brought Kevin McCarthy along. She would have brought the Secretary of Defense along. But no, it's her. It's the Speaker Pelosi show, and the added benefit of all this is that. You know, we're not talking about inflation or crime or the open border or her husband's stock trades, uh, um, and that's, well, the way this, that's the way this town yeah. works.
4: It, well, you know, I, I think uh, that that's insightful, and there's probably uh, quite a bit of, of truth in what you say. This is a legacy trip, <laughs> to be sure. Uh, the last person to do it was Speaker Gingrich 25 years ago, and Nancy Pelosi will have uh, the recognition for doing that, but nonetheless, I, I want to listen to the language difference here. because. I think a lot of people watch this story and they say, well, where do we stand on Taiwan? Do we want them to be free and independent? But here's John Kirby and what he said about that. Watch this.
2: We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence. And we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. So the policy is that
4: we do not support Taiwan independence. That's but I think
0: one it's chain of policy.
4: Because here's Nancy Pelosi's statement. Uh, she says our congressional delegations visit honors America's
0: unwitting... Why, why, why do they want Taiwan to be... That's for Taiwan. This is the problem whenever you've got an imperialist mindset, which is a supremacist mindset. You start to... Put your values, our values, on other. P- you don't have fucking values. This is not. I mean, this is the the language of cowardice. That's masking the real intent. This is a. This is. I I, I think there's there's multiple things going on here. I think it's the same with Ukraine and Russia. It's about further emptying. By the way, the American American um the White House American presidency, they are currently drawing up another a draft bill to send. Uh, military, let they call lethal aid, more, billions of dollars, to Taiwan, the same as they did with Ukraine. That's going through, that's happening right now. Now, this is fucking insane. The American people, they, they, surely, be to God, they've had enough. They can't take this. They don't have healthcare. They're going through the same inflationary crises as the rest of us are going through. Uh, apparently, California is a, is a homeless fucking camp. There's not a bridge in Los Angeles that doesn't have a homeless camp underneath it. And I can attest that I can attest to that with my own eyes that my brother live-streamed to me on WhatsApp many occasions where he was driving down the road and he was just filming uh, the homeless camps at the side of the road. And he was saying, this is nothing. This is a fraction of what, what this place is like. Anecdotally, I'm hearing stories about the likes of San Francisco was being fucking abandoned by a certain class of people that can't afford to live in gated mansions. So, when that's going on, and then you see your political class throwing away billions and billions and billions of taxpayers' money in what is an obvious slush fund just to provide more extraordinary profits to the military-industrial complex of which they already get 50% of, 50%, well, geez, I heard this today, and it, it can't be right. No, but I heard it was 50% of, of, of every tax dollar goes on military spending in America. That can't be right. That must be wrong. That couldn't be right. I will check that fact out though, but the, it's a significant, it's a massive amount of money. So, it's obviously a massive amount of money. It's $840 billion a year, but it's, it's, a, it's a massive percentage of of the American taxpayers' money. And they must be saying to themselves, we can't keep doing this. This needs to stop now. And then they're going on about freedom and democracy abroad in other countries. You try to run as a third party in America. So you've got the Democrats and you've got the Republicans. You try and run as a Green or, or a, a true Independent that isn't, attached to either the Democrats, it doesn't cut what they call caucus with the Democrats or the Republicans. It's it's nearly impossible. You can't. But they run around trying to fucking ram democracy in air quotes down other people's throats. The hypocrisy is sickening. So, I like that. He brought that up about your man's share trades and everybody knows his stock market um, comings and goings, and everybody knows it. that, 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 that they're even able to talk about it on the news, live, on live broadcasts. So that was Senator Kennedy from, I think, what did they say, North Carolina. So I'm going to finish on this little video, piece of audio for those of you listening to this on your podcast app. I'm going to finish on, this is... And again, I had to go to Fox News, and it's not something that I do. And Tucker Carlson, again, it's not something that I do. Tucker Carlson is the highest rated uh, news show host in America. He's a very right wing guy. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, every now and again, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. And uh, he is one of the only people on the mainstream media, the so called mainstream media, that you will hear given, um, platform to voices like this. Um, otherwise, if you want to hear this guy, this is a guy called General McGregor. He's a retired general. He's a right wing guy too. He's a ex-Trump appointee, I believe. And, um, um, our, our military advisor, I think. So, you know, he is what he is, but nonetheless, again, broken clock, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And, I don't care what political party you're from or what your political stance is, if you're right on these issues, if you're rightfully calling for people to fucking calm the fuck down and you can't just be going to war with everybody, which is what he's doing and which is what he does, uh, then I'm going to give you my platform as well for, for all it's worth. So check this out. No, and it hasn't loaded. Why is it not loaded, Andre? I don't know. You did load it properly, didn't you? I, I think so. Loaded again. Okay. Thank you for your patience, dear listener. There it is. So oh. Colonel Doug McGregor joins there us. There we go.
2: Doug, thanks so much for coming on. I, I you know, I I can't do anything but speculate as to motive here. This is the cra- one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen in my life. But is the United States military in a position now to stage a a war with China?
5: Well, of course not. You're 100% right on that topic. I think we have to admit that this is probably the most reckless and irresponsible administration in living memory. (laughs) Uh, We don't have anyone that qualifies as a statesman. Statesmanship involves advancing American interests at the least cost to the American people. None of that is in play here. We're dealing with a group of posers, people who are posturing. Posturing is not statesmanship. And the American people need to understand something that no one has bothered to tell them, that during World War II, Taiwan was the unsinkable aircraft carrier of the Imperial Japanese
0: Armed Forces. All the major... They check that this is important. Check this out, another history lesson. And I, whenever I heard this, I, the first thing that came to my mind was the the, the Donbass and the, the Crimea and the Ukraine problem, the Ukraine situation. And the historical significance in those for those areas with regards to Russia. They've, Russia has been invaded through those areas three times the cost of many, many, many millions of Russian lives in not so recent, uh, not so distant past in some instances. So, and I thought that's exactly the same here. So, check this out.
5: Invasions of China were launched from Taiwan. Beijing will not allow we'll put Taiwan. Put,
0: put it back a few seconds. Check
5: it out. None of that is in place. Here We're dealing with a group of posers, people who are posturing. Posturing is not statesmanship. And the American people need to understand something that no one has bothered to tell them. That during World War II, Taiwan was the unsinkable aircraft carrier of the Imperial Japanese Armed Forces. All the major invasions of China were launched from Taiwan. Beijing will not allow Taiwan to become a garrison state for American armed forces or Japanese armed forces or any foreign power. And if they think that we are going to ally ourselves with Taiwan, if they think we are going to intervene to defend that island in the event of a dispute, then we will be at war with China for the reasons that I just outlined. And we are not prepared for that. We are grossly overstretched. We don't have the logistical infrastructure. And frankly, there's an old adage that everyone should remember. A ship's a fool to fight a fort. You have to fight China from the sea. We can't win that. China can absorb everything we throw at it. And the Chinese are happy to sit there, let us travel thousands of miles to reach them, and then sink us this I, i i don't know why every show on tv is not covering this right now this seems
2: like one of the craziest things that's happened in my lifetime do you have any
5: speculation and guess as to why the biden administration would want this well the biden administration and its predecessors frankly treated everything that the russian government said for the last 15 years about ukraine with complete contempt they're repeating that process we see how well that's worked out in ukraine the Russians were always serious. Th- hundreds of thousands of lives have been lost in this war in Ukraine, that we should have acted quickly to stop. Now we're provoking the Chinese over an over an issue that is at least as strategically important to them.
0: That's uh, beyond belief. Colonel John McGregor, I, I appreciate it. So there, there we go, that's a, a military man's Opinion, and I don't disagree with any of it. I, I'm, not, I'm in no position to. I don't know enough about the situation, so I would take it from him, because I, I again, unbelievable the situation that's going on. This earth, th- th- this part of the world is strategically important to China for many reasons. Even if those historical reasons didn't exist, F- future history, w- you know, w- would I'm sure China is looking at its, its future history, its its own future. Sorry, let me put that away. It's going to... It'll be looking back on its own history in future. And it will be saying, why did we let Taiwan do this whenever... You know, they're not going to make that mistake. They've they've made the mistake in the past. They're not going to do it again. I put that very clumsily, but you get my point, I'm sure. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And for what... Why is America making this provocation? Again, I think it's just for money to provide more outlet for the military industrial complex. Such Nancy Pelosi personally, she doesn't give a fuck. She's a ghoul. These are monsters. These people live in gated fucking communities and have absolutely no idea what the real world is like at all. They can't remember. If they, were, if they ever did. You know, and I'm watching, same as yourself, the situation in Ukraine, the situation in, Chi- in, in Taiwan. This all goes back to the Biden administration pulling out of Afghanistan. Do you remember that? They pulled out of that place overnight. Bagram Air Base, the commander, the Afghani commander of Bagram Air Base didn't even know they were leaving. He got a phone call. There's no one here. You have to come. And he's, What do you mean there's no one there? The Americans have gone. And not only did America abandon those people after fucking turning their country into a... a, a it was already a shithole, but, but into a hellhole for 20 fucking years. When they left, they took their gold reserves with them. And now there's a famine going on in fucking Afghanistan. They fought a 20-year war to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. And they abandoned the place overnight. And I remember when that happened and I called it on podcasts. That's suspicious. There's something fucking going on. Somebody else is going to get this. The Americans aren't just stopping bombing people. Not after these companies that run the country's oligarchs, the, the uh, 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 corporations, sorry, that run America. Not after they've been getting their payday for 20 fucking years. They're not just walking away from that. Every missile that gets shot, every bullet that gets shot, every fucking tank that needs serviced is a payday for the military industrial complex. And they're not walking away from that. And it soon became apparent when they were talking up that war with Ukraine, with, with Ukraine and Russia, that that was the thing. That was it. They were replacing Afghanistan with Ukraine. And now they're doing the same with Taiwan. They're looking at Taiwan and they're going, we can provoke a war between Taiwan and China and just flood that country with weapons. Same as they're doing in Ukraine. We can create instability. We can scare other people into joining NATO like I've done with Finland and Sweden. Which is all to do what? Put money into the coffers of the military industrial complex. That's it. So that's where we are. And it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. The the how monstrous some people can be, how fucking greedy people are is never ceases to amaze me. But how monstrous some people can be is truly terrifying. And that's where we are. So there we go. Listen, I want to call it everybody. That's my podcast done for tonight. It's Wednesday night. I'll upload this in the morning. You'll have it. Uh, Thursday morning the 4th of August 2022 year of our Lord um, if you want to support the podcast head over to Patreon At uh, £3 a month and you get all the stuff you get early access to stuff um, even though the other day last week I, all my patrons got my new single oh by the way I've got a new single out so you should uh, go and check that out it's on my bank I'll put the link in there in the show notes for you if you want uh, finally released that we've got a gig at the end of the month in the American Bar it's sold out but I've got CDs of my solo album they're on their way they're actually being printed at the minute so if you want a CD I've got a few vinyls left I'm just going to bring them up to the uh, up to the American Bar gig and if anybody wants those they can have them and if you're into the CD thing a uh, little predictor a little uh, I'm going to make a little uh, uh, prediction here for you CDs are going to come back into fashion because people can't get fucking vinyls made. All the all bands like me, we can't get vinyls made. The, the queue at these factories is <laughs> it's eight months to a year to get a record made. Now, we it used to be two months, whenever, you know, but there you go. I reckon CDs are gonna come back sooner. They always were gonna come back. You know, these things come and go, waves, ebb, ebb and flow, in and out of fashion. But I reckon they're gonna come back soon. Because, as I said, bands like me are making music and can't get, like, True, uh, my friend Michael, Mamika, Donal, and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Zach, uh, playing that band, True, they're fantastic, I went up to see them at the Empire a few weeks ago at their album launch, they've actually got their second album recorded, because they, they wait waited so long to get their first album out on vinyl, their second album's ready to go, and they haven't got their first album out yet, and they can only get it out on CD. Because the vinyl still hadn't arrived. So, bands are going to get fed up with that. And you're going to start seeing a person going to start saying, Listen, guys, this is the crack. Would you buy the album on CD, please? And you guys are good, and you will. And you'll get your CD players out of the attic. And you'll get back to that. But anyway, so there we go. That's the podcast. Have fun, everybody. Have a good Thursday. Hope you have a great weekend. And yeah, I'll probably do a live stream on Friday night, maybe, if we're not in World War 3. God fucking forbid. Bye.